0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. I'm Zach Clancy. This episode, we're going to be looking at Part 2 of the episode that situates my perspective on curriculum in relation to what the big names have written about curriculum. Specifically, we're going to be looking at critical pedagogy, social justice, and multicultural education which is something that we've explored a little bit in the past in the first season of Teacher Talk, um, and it's something that uh, we're going to be revisiting again today. (sighs) Anyway, before we do that, I just want to let everyone know that I enjoyed the mid-season break, and I hope you did too. I visited my girlfriend's family in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and my parents visited me in Denver, and uh, we went to a family reunion uh, slash family Christmas thing in Manzanola, Colorado. Um, I tried out some of my homemade mead, and it's uh, it's good, but it's a little stronger than I thought it'd be. Anyway, the second half of Season 2 of Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy is going to start with Part 2 of my Curriculum Perspective episode, and then we're going to have a two-parter about social justice curriculum theorist Wayne Awe. I'm going to talk about him briefly in this episode, um, but I'm going to talk about him a lot more in the next upcoming episodes. After that, I'm going to do a two-parter about the social justice social studies curriculum that I've been developing and teaching this school year. I'll have more info on that in the near future, but before we do that, it's time for Collaboration This week's Collaboration Corner shout out goes to an organization called Teacher to Teacher. That's the word teacher, the number two, and the word teacher. And it's a community of teachers who are in search of reliable resources, as well as a supportive peer group, and tangible ways to improve their practice. And so Teacher to Teacher is sort of a, a hub for that, and it's free for teachers across grade level and subject matters. Um, and the, the website where you can go to join up if you are interested, which I would strongly recommend doing, um, as I mentioned, I believe I, this is the same uh, organization that was featured in last episode's Collaboration Corner. Um, and anyway, I, I spoke with someone at the organization. They seem really cool. They seem really interesting. You know, they're um, basically a personal learning community. Um, but they're not strictly and entirely online um, they they start online and then they sort of use that as a springboard for um, oftentimes uh, face-to-face interactions and um, I really think that's interesting the, the face-to-face aspect of it um, because uh, you know as I was talking to the the person affiliated with the organization as I was talking to her about it um, you know we we're sort of saying that it's it's really you know just the the in many cases it's just the younger teachers who are more into this and and the veteran teachers who who really have a lot of experience experience and whatnot they um you know perhaps aren't as um familiar with the uh social media technology as the so-called digital natives are as the you know younger sort of millennial uh teachers are um and so you know it sort of excludes them from the conversation if if the conversation only exists online and so what they're doing that's really cool is they are bringing that conversation um into the real world um so anyway, I could talk about them for a long time. I, I, I won't though because I know you're all uh, dying to get to the curriculum uh, perspective that I'm going to be talking about. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, uh, teacher to teacher sounds like a really interesting organization. Um, moving forward, I, I could possibly, uh, be doing, uh, some research with them for my dissertation, uh, perhaps not, uh, exclusively, uh, for my dissertation, there might be research with other organizations as well, but it looks like I, I, might, uh, possibly at least be doing some research with them. So anyway, their website, uh, where you can go and join up and become part of, uh, this growing community, not just become part of it, but, um, sort of get into the ground floor, um, and, and sort of help shape it because it's still, um, it's it's been around for a while now, but it's um, you know purpose and its its focus con- kind of is is changing and evolving as technology and needs and education change and evolve, and so it's it's interesting to see. Um, anyway, like I was saying, it's so it's it's something that you can be a part of and something that you can shape as well. Um, anyway, if you're interested in joining, which like I have mentioned, I highly recommend you can go to www.teacher2teacher.education that's the word teacher the number 2 the word teacher again and then dot education all right so as i mentioned this episode picks up where the last episode left off so if this is your first time listening to teacher talk i'd recommend going back and listening to at least the season 2 episode 6 the previous episode um in general, season two is sort of playing out like serial. Um, you know, In season two, each episode is sort of presented based on the assumption that you have listened to the information in the previous episode. Um, and that's not just a ploy to get people to listen to my back episodes, um, but it's it's because that's just sort of the way this season is shaping out. I don't know if it's the way that um, season three will be, but it's, it's definitely the way that season two is working out. Um, so anyway, like I said... The last episode ended with me talking about how social reconstructionism influences my perspective on curriculum. And next on the agenda of things that also sort of influence my perspective on curriculum is critical pedagogy, which is something that is actually similar to social reconstructionism. Um, Social Reconstructionism basically left a legacy of ideas and questions related to curriculum and anticipated many of the methods, concerns, and theoretical perspectives used in critical pedagogy. Um, And this legacy can be found in the work of Michael Apple and Paulo Freire, who I discussed in Season 1 of Teacher Talk. Um, Critical pedagogy is similar to social reconstructionism, but it's more strongly influenced by European theoretical perspectives, such as critical theory, structuralism, phenomenology, postmodernism, and poststructuralism. Nevertheless, each of these views ultimately refuses to accept simple answers to complex social questions. Uh, And that's according to William B. Stanley. And I'll link to that information as well as the information of all the other sources that I cite in this episode in the show notes. But anyway, uh, devaluing and de-skilling the work of teachers is a theme that is found in critical pedagogy, pedagogy literature, um, such as the works of Henry, Henry Giroux and Michael Apple. And uh, Groh, for example, explains that devaluing and de-skilling is the result of an increased prevalence of instrumental ideologies that emphasize a technocratic approach to both teacher preparation and classroom pedagogy. Um, And Michael Apple uses the term proletarianization to describe the above process. And uh, when viewed in terms of class and gender, Apple explains that proletarianization has resulted in an overall expansion of teaching positions with relatively low levels of autonomy and control, uh, coupled with a decrease in the number of positions with higher levels of autonomy and control. And so that second group, that smaller group with higher levels of autonomy and control, that's mostly made up of administrators who are largely disproportionately men um, and like I said they are experiencing experiencing an increase in the level of professionalism that society sort of ascribes to them and while that first group uh, the group that is expanding in size it's made up of classroom teachers who are mostly women um, who are working in positions with decreasing levels of professionalism um, professionalism that's sort of um, that, that society gives to them and so, Henry Giroux argues that this problem can be countered by teachers who operate as what he calls transformative intellectuals. Um, and in his mind, a transformative intellectual is someone who takes responsibility for raising serious questions about what they teach, uh, how they are to teach, and what the larger goals are for which they are striving. Um, And he's someone who's really influenced me because I see teacher talk and other, uh, you know, educators who cultivate personalized learning communities as people who are embodying that spirit and carrying out what Garo was talking about um, when he was calling for teachers to be transformative intellectuals, you know. And so um, I feel like this is sort of a step in the right direction. You know, it allows people to sort of get into groups and sort of, you know, question what they teach with a – Professional community of educators, but educators who are not people who are working in the same building as them, you know. Uh, So it it sort of creates an opportunity for people to open up and, and be more willing to share ideas about, uh, you know, how to do some fairly radical things that are the result of of the shortcoming of schools, you know, that could be something that's fairly difficult to do with someone who works in the same building as you because, you know, you don't don't know how they feel about it. You don't know necessarily who they're going to be talking to about it. You know, you might be a little bit reluctant for that reason. Um, But the idea, you know, so therefore the idea behind the personalized learning community is that it allows teachers to, you know, gain those uh, skills and perhaps increase the way that society values them. So um, while these serious questions that Guerreau was talking about might seem vague, uh, answering them is a worthwhile goal. Um, and uh, curricular, curriculum theorists with uh, a social justice orientation have developed methods by which to achieve this goal, the goal of, of answering those serious questions. And, uh, you know, technocratic education, you know, sort of high-stakes, test-driven education that seeks merely to transfer information into students as though they were nothing more than banks of knowledge um, is oppressive because it projects an absolute ignorance onto others by viewing knowledge as a gift bestowed by those who consider themselves knowledgeable upon those whom they consider to know nothing. Uh, And that's according to Paulo Freire, um, who was also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he was featured in season one of teacher talk. um, And I will link to that source of information in the show notes. But anyway, um, instead of evaluating students and teachers with standardized tests based on top-down dictated academic standards, um, Freire proposed a liberatory problem-solving approach to education, where both teachers and students are co-investigators who, uh, you know, stray away from traditional authority-based education in favor of teaching that facilitates the emergence of consciousness and critical intervention in reality. Uh, And this is something that I've Been trying to do um, in the special ed social justice, social studies class that I've been teaching this year. Um, We've been learning about the history of urban areas in North America. Uh, So we've been learning about the Great Migration and urban renewal and the automobile and highways, um, you know, and the white flight and then the, the sanctuary city movements and the crack pandemic and food deserts and gentrification. And um, our end goal is to create a neighborhood-based list of resources um, to for long-term residents, um, you know, in order to increase their awareness of gentrification and sort of let them know what they can do to deal with that, um, you know, to to sort of uh, make sense of it. Um, and you know because it's 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 not necessarily something that you can protest against and make go away it's it's something that that generally tends to to happen and it's you know it's not necessarily bad for communities but it's one of those interesting things research shows that it doesn't really benefit public schools um so it's it's Something that I want my kids to be able to understand, and you know, looking at it, it's it's a serious question, and it doesn't have a simple answer. Um, and you know, even though my students are only in middle school they're sixth, seventh, and eighth graders um, you know it's still something that they're able to handle because you know while this is something that I learned about when I was you know reading a book and sitting in an armchair, um, this is something about which they are intimately aware, you know, they have firsthand experience of it. Um, so it's, it's something that they can understand perhaps, you know, better than I will ever be able to. Um, so, so like I said, that's uh, where I am going now with my social studies curriculum that I'm going to be featuring, um, in a two parter series a little bit later in this season. Um, anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, Oh, actually, I have one more person I would like to talk about in relation to social justice, and that person is Wayne Au. Wayne Au, actually, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, I am only going to talk about him briefly because, like I said, I am going to be doing a two-part series about him. But he is a um, social justice curriculum theorist, like I said, and therefore he is a curriculum theorist who influences my perspectives. Um, So, you know, I would be remiss not to mention him. So anyway, just real quickly, um, he Wayne Owl, like I said, he provides an even more detailed examination of curriculum in the context of academic standards and standardized tests from a social justice perspective. Um, he's written about at least half a dozen articles on that. Um, I'll link to some of them in the show notes. I'm not sure if I'll be able to link to all of them or not. Um, but anyway, Ao has also examined the relationship between standards and hidden curriculums. Um, and hidden curriculums are something that I talked about in part one of this episode, but briefly it's sort of, um, you know, hidden curriculums are the, the sort of implicit things that curriculums teach students that they don't, they don't specifically mention. They don't list it out there, but it's something that is sort of taught to students. Um, and Wayne Ao argues that it's, um, you know, it's generally a, a small c, conservative um, Bias in these curriculums, and that they're generally interested in maintaining the status quo. And unfortunately, you know, we live in a in the U.S. Anyway, you know, it's a a very socially unequal and economically unequal um, society. You know, it's full of those inequalities, and so maintaining the status quo is sort of by definition um, maintaining inequalities. And so, uh, you know, instead, A.O. Um, envisioned. An engaged curriculum with a commitment to interdisciplinary studies that is uh, committed to the idea that students should have the opportunity to study issues that are firmly grounded in their lives and communities and uh, pay attention to social and economic relations. Um, and so this is really important, uh, which is why my social studies curriculum, you know, sort of culminates with the neighborhood-based project. Um, and anyway, so last but not least, we have multicultural education, um, and that because it's it's something that informs my uh, perspective on curriculum as well. Um, and so James A. Bank, uh, James A. Banks, I'm sorry, plural banks, uh, details the um, historical paradigms that mainstream scholars use to justify and perpetuate stereotypes and social inequalities. You know, so those sort of things that I was saying that the the hidden curriculum perpetuates. Um, so he. He, Banks examined how um, mainstream, mainstream scholars justified that type of behavior, and he, Banks argued that it um, underscored the need to educate students to become critical consumers of knowledge, to become knowledgeable producers themselves, and be able to take thoughtful and decisive action that will help to create and maintain a democratic and just society with a transformative liberatory curriculum. Um, and so again, you know you see that idea of uh, curriculums being transformative instead of being ones that um, maintain the status quo. And another multicultural um, educator who has influenced how I feel about curriculum is Sonia Nieto. Um, and she was featured in Season 1, Episode 3 of Teacher Talk. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about her. Um, if you'd like to know more about her, uh, feel free to go back and listen to that. Um, but she's written extensively about multicultural curriculum. And she's suggested a, a form of political action by way of a cur- ugh, excuse me curriculum collective. Um, and that curriculum collective would develop curriculums and facilitate an ongoing discussion between educators and members of the community. So, you know, like um, parents of students at the school and people who lived in the community around the school. And perhaps if the school is not in an entirely residential area, you know, those folks who uh, work in the area around the school. Um, And so anyway, uh, Sonia Nieto talked about doing that. And I think that's really important. I think it's important to involve members of the community. Um, It's something that I, I struggle to do. Um, Something that I I try to, you know, make a point to do anyway. Like I was saying, it's why that curriculum that I am uh, currently developing and teaching, um, the plan is anyway for it to end with that neighborhood-based project, like I was saying. Anyway, that's about all for this episode. Uh, But before we go, I want you guys to let me know what you think about critical pedagogy, social justice, and multicultural education, or at least perhaps my interpretation of it. Um, are they ideas that influence how you teach? If so, tell me about your experiences, um, along with any other thoughts and or questions or comments you might have, as well as suggestions for future episodes to wzc at gmail. You can reach me on Twitter at Teacher Talk WZC and on Facebook at Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy, as well as at our home on the web, Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy.com. And just as a reminder, you can subscribe to Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy in iTunes. While you're there, please feel free to rate and review the show and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.